Hey guys, thank you for choosing this episode. Whether you picked it or it just came on, we appreciate the listen. All of us here in the Training Ground Mission believe in the importance and power of vulnerable conversation. In this episode, we invited Nate Zerker to engage in a conversation about addiction and pornography. Before we play the music, we wanted you guys, our audience, to know the reality of our conversation. It's vulnerable and it's raw. Listener discretion advised. 20-somethings Hello everybody, welcome again to The Garage, thanks for tuning in. I'm your co-host Luke Paris and I'm here with... I'm your other co-host Nick Norton. Yeah, so... Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, we have our buddy Nate Zerker in, and we really wanted to talk to you guys just about um, addiction and pornography. And so this episode is different in a way that, you know, there might be some ears that aren't ready for this conversation. Right, yeah. Um, I think, you know, we did bring in Nate. Uh, he's the banjo player for Judah and the Lion. Um, Nate has had an incredible story. Um, with his addiction and his and, and specifically um, in pornography and a sex addiction, um, so yeah, if you know if you're with your family or um, you are you know with your 13, 14 year old son listening to this podcast, uh, it, it may be good for you to go through first, listen, make sure everything um, is something that they can they, they're ready for or something that they should hear, um, and just use your own discretion at that, but. Um, if uh, you know, it, it's a great conversation, and if they're ready, I think I think it, it's beneficial for, for um, you know, whoever needs to hear it. It is, absolutely. So, without further ado, here is our interview slash conversation yeah, with Nate. Twenty something. guys today on the show we have a very special guest yeah we love him a lot hey. he's from a band jude and the lion mm-hmm yeah <laughs> yeah hey nate why don't you uh introduce yourself my man hey guys i uh, i really wish that i had my banjo ready so i could play you oh, <laughs> oh man we that would have like, been, been a special treat for the audience yeah we should have they're like 10 one. feet away from me i wish i uh, would have thought of that but it would have been probably a little a little lame so <laughs> it's all good <laughs> But glad to be here, guys. And, yeah, um, awesome. Yeah, really, really thankful to get to talk to you, Dude. Nate. For the audience who uh, who doesn't know you, obviously, you know we know you, and a lot of people are going to know you. But just in case someone doesn't out there, um, tell us tell us who you are, man. Well, uh, yeah, my name's Nate Zerker. Grew up in Colorado Springs, and um, currently living in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, do music full time, playing banjo with Judah and the Lion, and. Uh, yeah, that, that keeps me busy um, just about all the time, but uh, really thankful this week to be home. Um, I guess depending on when everyone listens to this, this is Thanksgiving week, so yeah. um, excited to, I guess I'm home in Nashville, I'm not back in Colorado, but just kind of taking it easy and trying to rest up a little bit. But um, yeah, so um, went to school here in Nashville, uh, started in 2010, and got connected with the guys to play music and um that's kind of again been taking up most of my my time and thoughts 
um, right. for work anyway. But uh, yeah, I I, um, I guess one of the main reasons I'm on today is um, talking about my sex addiction that I've been going through. Um, yeah. Really, I guess since uh, <laughs> I was maybe nine or ten years old, and you know we'll, we'll get into all the details of that. But um, that's kind of my my vice or my my thorn, I guess. And uh, but you know, other than that, I uh, love being outside, love snowboarding. That's kind of my passion outside of music. Um, really, just enjoy community and doing life with people. And really thankful that my job allows me to do that and get to go to so many cool places and reconnect with folks. And I know that's part of why I know you guys. Oh and, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, even though we've been hanging out in Colorado where I grew up, there's some connections in North Carolina and young life and a few other things. And so, um, just really grateful for any time I get with folks to hear what's up and share stories and just try and try and be better dudes. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, um, today is like a, like a dually special episode. I mean, one, cause we have Nate, but also cause, uh, we're going to, we're going to be talking about addiction and that's something that, um, affects a lot of people, including um, us. And yeah, 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 including you know myself, Nick, and um, but yeah, so I just really want to get into uh, just kind of like what an addiction is, um, and I got this um, like definition from Dr. John Townsend, and uh, so this is what it is: an addiction is a substance or behavior that impedes on life or relationships and creates a dependency on itself. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, you know, my, my main struggle is pornography. And so it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit more of a private thing. You know, you can't go out, um, go outside and <laughs> right. do yeah. that when oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with your dudes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I guess for me, it's it's got a whole nother set of, struggles and like the shame side uh i I guess you know every addiction has that but i I think you know with pornography it's such a behind closed doors Mm. um no one should ever know about this i hope and and it it causes you to it causes you to like i don't know like for me i you know i i struggle with with the same thing um and it causes you to almost not only are you in this addiction which is hard enough in of itself you know, it's such a hush hush taboo thing that then like you even feel worse about yourself because you have to do it in private and it's not like, Oh, I can go out and have a cigarette with my buddy and feel somewhat okay because I'm not alone in it. But like with the pornography thing, it's like, Oh, like you really do feel all alone. That's an interesting point. You know, one of the differences is like, um, you know, because you're just something that happens more throughout the day and you're with your people. Um, it directly affects like, you know, okay, I got to leave this person to go do this real quick, or I've got to step out and maybe potentially miss an important, I don't know if you're at like a seminar or a class or something like that, and you got to right. step out, you, you miss some things, but, and then more on the porn side, it's like, it's a, you know, at least for me, it's, it's a late night, I'm already alone kind of thing. Mm. It's not necessarily directly taking me away from, mm. you know, interaction with someone, but it really messes with you know, my head and my confidence and my ability to be present, especially the next day, mm-hmm. um, and has its own kind of mind games that are going on. And so I, 
um, you know, with the definition you said, it definitely like impedes in its own different ways with different addictions. You know, we're talking about nicotine and um, pornography, and I'm sure everyone has their own version of that. But um, it's really unfortunate how <laughs> it gets in the way of us seeing ourselves clearly and being able to be present with people. Yeah, for sure. very much so. So, Nate, um, how did this addiction start for you? What was the starting point? Like, how, how, how did that happen? Yeah, um, like I said earlier, I got exposed pretty young, around nine or ten years old. Um, I think it was one of those like infomercial ads on TV late at night. I was staying over at a buddy's house and yeah. just kind of got thrown into this exciting and weird thing that I knew wasn't okay, but didn't know why and didn't really understand the implications of what would come by getting excited about it. And, um, yeah, I, I think from the get go, I knew it wasn't okay, but I, I think, you know, I had my different versions of realizing maybe what was going on. And, you know, I remember in middle school was when I really started talking to my youth pastor. And part of that too, is, you know, I, I feel like other boys that I was hanging out with were starting to realize the same thing. And mm. we go to Bible studies and everyone would go around the circle and, you know, say, did you look at porn this week? And, that kind of thing and that was kind of when it really was obvious that it wasn't okay and um was really impeding my ability to you know get close to jesus and understand what that is and uh, i think though um well i guess later on in high school my um mentor you know he recommended like maybe you should think about going to a sex rehab facility or program or something like that. And well, yeah. at that point I didn't really register to me that it was an addiction. I guess I was still looking at it more like, you know, this isn't good, but everyone struggles with it. And, you know, uh, I just looked at it as more of a, I don't have self-control and discipline mm. and thought of it more in that way, as opposed to, you know, my brain, needs this to survive kind of right. thing. And so I, I guess a couple years later when I had just gotten out of college, uh, I just sort of felt like, you know, I, I kind of felt like I got to a point where I tried just about every possible thing to get rid of it or to stop, um, which just made it worse because none of them helped. And I ended up you know, calling, I guess in that time, at that time too, I was, starting to see a therapist here in Nashville and you know obviously we were talking through all of this and he made that same recommendation that I think about a treatment program or center or something like that and at that point you know I was like well I've done just about everything else um got nothing left to lose everything has fallen apart like I just got out gotten out of this really heavy relationship and um things weren't going super well with the band for me at the time um just wasn't basically just wasn't well, wasn't seeing clearly, wasn't thinking properly yeah. about anything and everything just felt broken. And like so if it, if it wasn't rock bottom, it was pretty darn close. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to know what rock bottom is if that wasn't, you know, right. yeah, uh, right, for sure. And so just, I, I said, okay. And this guy set me up with um, one of his buddies that specializes in addictions and specifically sex addiction. And, um, Went and hung out with him for a week. It was actually uh, three years ago this week. Oh, wow. um, so I've been thinking about that a lot. But yeah, um, yeah that, that really just changed my perspective. And um, 
was a humbling thing to sit there and you know it's always hard to admit that I'm not okay and um but he he helped give me a lot of understanding on what was really going on and um which helped kill a lot of the the shame yeah. and uh I you know I haven't been perfect since but um yeah, it's sure. I think what the most it? helpful thing is just knowing what's going on and not just uh I think girls are hot and I can't help looking at them yeah uh, what are <laughs> so uh, that. some what are like some some tools or like some of the knowledge that you got in that program yeah, one of the I think if if not the most helpful um, was talking about you know what causes people to need uh, a substance or you know whatever it is what's alcohol yeah. uh, drugs sex uh, there's so many things you know just that absolutely help numb things away um, but we talked a lot about like you know. Uh, I guess our level of anxiety that we tend to hang out at, um, mm. thinking of on a scale of one to 10, um, the sweet spot is like a six or below. And most people that are healthy are average, like three to six. Um, very rarely you'll have people below that. And those are the folks that like meditate all the time every right. day. <laughs> um, but, uh, most people sit above a six. Um, and so the point of this like scale is that essentially when you get to a 10, um, your body goes into survival mode and you know, something that could get you a 10 is like, well, I broke up with my girlfriend and everything's falling apart or, you know, I had a death in the family or I failed this test or I'm just really anxious about this test that's coming up and I can't like handle it, you know? And, um, it could be any, anything literally, but just makes you hit your breaking point that makes your body and mind feel like I'm not okay. I'm not going to be okay. Um, I need to have something to help me. And it's like, I think it's your fight flight or freeze, um, kind of thing where whatever you've trained yourself to know as you've grown up as something that makes you better, that's what you go to. And so for me, when I was introduced to porn really young, I, without knowing what was going on, you know, was medicating myself and creating, uh, I don't know the particular, um, chemical that it produces, but it's essentially like doing heroin. I've heard, yeah. um, is it dopamine? The same sort. Yeah. I, yep. I, I, I think so. We'll say dopamine yeah. for those who are listening. If we're wrong, we're sorry, but we're going to call it dopamine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I know that's like, like with me, like, you know, Pornography is something that, that I've struggled with. I think I heard a statistic that um, 75% of men have admittedly struggled um, with pornography, and the guy that said that also said the other 25% probably just haven't admitted it yet or haven't realized that it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for me, it's been kind of this 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 shame factor. Like, it's something that, you know, I, I will do or, you know, I'll, I'll take part of and and – it's like before I do it, it's like, no, I know I shouldn't be doing this, mm-hmm. but then I do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then after I finish, you know, watching porn or, or whatever I'm doing, then, then I feel even worse about myself. And it's yeah. this vicious cycle of just like shame, hating on myself anxiety. and shame and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And like, like, Oh, why do you do that? Like, why can't you stop doing that? And like Nate, some of the conversations we've had have been like, the fact that like, like you were just talking about how, you know, there comes a point where it's it, it, it can be chemical. 
you know, it's not, it's not just something that you can stop. Like you're not, there's something wrong that's out of your control. Like it's not like, Oh, I, I'm in control of this. Like, no, like it, it's more than that. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit and how, you know, the chemical side of things and how it's actually, you know, a bigger problem than just, Oh, I can just stop, you know, and why, and why it's so hard to just stop. Right. And I think that's, that's so important. Um, just because it's so easy to like just get down on ourselves or judge somebody else. Um, you know, and, and again, I don't want to get too specific in like exclusivity with pornography. Cause I, I think these same things apply to any substance or any kind of issue, but, um, as in, at least in regard to why we do it or, or want it or need it. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it's just, it's so helpful it, it almost creates more accountability with myself so that like, you know, I'm still dealing with this sometimes. And when I do decide to look at it and go through it, it's, you know, I, I think it's still like in that I need this kind of thing, but it makes me know that like, okay, I just wasn't more responsible in setting myself up for success mm. as opposed to I'm completely out of control mm. and I don't know what's going on. Um, and I just keep showing up at this group every week and saying I failed again without having any sort of um, understanding of why or how to move forward. And, and so I, I think just getting to a, a place where, you know, and I really encourage anyone listening that has any kind of addiction, small or big, to do a little research um, and understand, you know, this is really a drug. It's not, it's not just lust or you know, whatever word you want to put in there. Um, this is a drug. It's very real. Um, the way it affects our bodies and, um, makes us think, you know, it's like, I've never, I can't think of a time when I was like, Oh, I just want to go look at pornography cause I'll feel better about myself. Like it's, you know, I'm already in a dark place and something triggers me whether I'm on Instagram or online or something. And then it's just sort of like my head shuts off. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's been, kind of important to realize okay I went through something stressful today or I know something stressful is coming up and so I need to be intentional about making sure to the best of my ability you know because the world we live in it's hard to control that um, and not cut ourselves off completely from everything around us but you know I'm going to try my best to make sure I'm not on the computer late at night where a random pop-up might come up or a Facebook ad or I shouldn't be cruising the explore page on Instagram um, when I'm alone kind of things like just being aware of what has set me off in the past and making sure that I'm not in an environment to make a bad decision where no one will know about it. Um, And that's been really like, again, kind of keeping me more accountable to be like, okay, well this is, it happened. Why did it happen? What steps did it take? You know, I, I think my therapist said it's usually like a 48 to 72 hour period after something really stressful when you hit that breaking point mm-hmm. um that you tend to you know you need to heal yourself essentially and so there's that whole side of understanding but coming back to the anxiety thing too there's a lot of um talk that we did about well okay so like you know i felt like i was sitting at an eight or nine almost all the time especially in that season where i was learning about all this and so it could be just a small <laughs> misunderstanding you know getting a little unnecessary fight with the band about nothing Mm -hmm. important or you know just i said something to a friend that got taken the wrong way um just little things that like 
I was overreacting to you, but I was so close to my breaking point that I was breaking way more often, mm. and it caused me to kind of perpetually stay at the top of that scale. And so, so there's a side of like being aware that once you hit that survival mode, you need to be prepared to kind of figure out and be honest with yourself, like, okay, what are my triggers? What is my reaction? What environments do I tend to be in? Are other substances involved? Like drinking for me was always kind of a part of it, like. Right. My therapist had me think and look through all the different scenarios that I could remember. And I think it was like 95% of those times I'd been drinking as well. Mm. And so it wasn't that I was an alcoholic or anything like that. It's just, you know, alcohol makes your ability to make good decisions go down. And so mm. I was way more likely if I got tempted to, you know, not have self-control <laughs> um, mm. because I wasn't thinking clearly. So we talked you know, about those circumstances, but then also about how do we lower my anxiety level? Like what environments do I need to put myself in? What things do I need to take part in, in order to just be better? So kind of oddly enough, we, we talked about the idea of a rat park. Um, there's been studies that have been done with rats in these, I guess, cages or whatever, where they're offered the opportunity to, I think it was like, you know, those gerbil tubes or whatever where right. they can go play and run around is something like that yeah. like if they're offered that opportunity like a door to that right next to a door that has cocaine in it they'll always choose the park like they'll yeah. go do what they like and what's fun um but and i guess obviously like if the door to the fun is not there or the thing that gives them more life and excitement then they're obviously going to go towards the other thing and the thing that they know and that's more readily available so yeah. um it was we focused on, you know, what can we do to put me in a rat park or like, what do I love that isn't unhealthy? Um, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like healthy, you know, like one of the things for me is I love video games. And so like go focus on that, not to like excessive unhealthy amount, but right. like go play games and kind of get helped by that. Or I love to snowboard or I love to be like, you know, Nick, we met at Carolina Point. Yeah. Um, I love spending time at this Young Life camp in North Carolina and going to help out and hang out and just being in the mountains in general. And those were all things that were kind of my rat parks, I guess. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, <clears throat> like you, you've got you've got to find healthy situations where you can like actually be an outlet. I mm -hmm. think is what you're saying, because and that makes sense. I mean, kind of what I was saying earlier, especially especially with a pornography addiction, I think, because you're so alone in it. You mm -hmm. know, it's so private. It's so just you. Yeah. That like if you don't have that outlet and that other option to go do the healthy thing, then you're gonna fall into that every yeah. time. True. Um, so it's kind of just like, what is an applicable way to set yourself up for success? What's unique to you? How right. are we gonna make sure we're like filled so that we can combat that temptation, or that craving, or yeah. that alone time, or like when we get super stressed and we we fall. Yeah, I think I think back on when like I struggled with the drug addiction, you know, um, for a lot, a lot of my high school and high school, you know, end of high school life, um, you know, with painkillers and and um, other 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 prescription drugs, and and I and I struggled with those things, and and I I kind of think back to to that place, um, and like drugs for me were a way to kind of mm, take myself out of the situation that I was in that I didn't like, you know, like like kind of like Nate was saying, like a breakup with a girl mm -hmm. um, or, you know, anxiety about 
what I'm doing or whatever it might be, you know, I, I, I would use those things to kind of take me to another place to yeah. kind of get my mind off of it at first. And then it became a thing to the point where like, I needed it um, and my body depended on it or I, yeah. or I didn't feel good. So Nate, like you talked about with pornography, there's not only just these mental effects, but like physical effects. What, like, what, what are some of those things? Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't personally felt so much like physically affected other than just not being very motivated to be present. You know, yeah. you know, like I think there have been times where I've had something I was supposed to go do the next morning and it just was like, I don't want to show up. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, I'm going to be a, a walking lie anyway. Like, you know, I've got this thing I just did last night that I don't mm. want to talk about and I'm not going to talk about, here. but mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all I'm going to think about. And so, like, I don't want to go get coffee with that person because I don't want to talk about it one and I don't want to have it affect everything else. And, you know, and sometimes you can't do that. Like, you can't bail. And I'm not saying I'm proud of the times I have bailed, but, like, there's other times you have to go. You have to go to that meeting. You got to go to that class. You got to go to whatever. And you just have to deal with it. And um, unfortunately, too, like, having gone through this for over half my life, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at hiding it. Whereas I used to feel like, Oh, they're totally going to know I messed up last night. Um, (laughs) and not that they would assume that, but it's just like, I I think it affects my, just how I feel present in a room. And I, I don't like, I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like there's, uh, like a level of depression in the midst of that. Totally. Yeah. Just feeling like a failure. Yeah feeling like you can't do anything about it. And um, I think it's super important to acknowledge that, and I guess we touched on it a little bit, but, you know, I'm, I'm never stoked to go look at porn or um, other than, you know, like that feeling like I want to feel good, but I'm never proud of the mentality of what it means and what it takes to get there for me. And um, sometimes I wish, you know, like this is kind of dark, but <laughs> I, I wish I like almost had a, just a more public problem. Like, yeah. Like if it was an outward problem, then everyone would know about it. And you might feel like you had more accountability because more people know. Right. More. Yeah. Totally. Like it's just more noticeable effects. Like right. it physically changes you. It changes your headspace. that, you know, it's just more noticeable as well as the whole side of like, you go talk to someone and you're like, dude, I struggle with heroin. No one is going to be stoked. Like yeah. no one is, gonna look at you and be like all right cool man well uh don't do it this week i'll see you next week i think a lot of us are afraid to maybe either afraid or to admit that we have an addiction or we don't even realize that it is an addiction um but you know the truth of the matter is when you find yourself in a point where you continue to do something that you know is not good for you and no matter how hard you try like it it just keeps happening and you just keep finding yourself in that place you know at that point at that point it's an addiction. Yeah. Um, and so I think the question that I have is like when we, we've, we've all tried so many times to, to stop, right? Like, yeah. like if it was easy, <clears throat> then it wouldn't be an addiction. Yeah. If you could just not do it anymore. Um, so like, what is it? What, what, for me, like, you know, no matter how many times you tell yourself or I tell myself, like, I'm not doing that again. Like I'm not ever done again. I'm done. Like whatever for me so far in my life, it's all, there, there's always been another point where I've stumbled. Oh yeah. Know? So like, right. what is, what is, what is your thoughts on that? Nate? Like, 
well, haven't figured that one out yet. Um, I, I do know, you know, after my, my first kind of rehab stint three years ago, I, I made a lot of drastic life changes right after that. Um, they took for about four months and it was pretty incredible. It, it was incredible. Like mm. I, I felt like I was the person I wanted to be, you know, I, I went like, like 120 days without alcohol. I went like, I think five months before relapsing on porn like it was just all these things like i just felt so clean i got off social media i i like gave my computer away it was just like a lot of really drastic shifts that you know all together especially were completely life-altering i, I don't know I, I read way more i like worked through most of the bible and it just like was such a empowering exciting time it was sort of like one of those like man if, if i could do all these things it would be great and I would feel better and it worked. Um, but I think the problem was, uh, as soon as one of those things fell off, everything fell off. And I think it was kind of just like mounting pressure of just so many life changes that hadn't really had the chance to take hold. Mm -hmm. Um, that as soon as one fell off, I just was like, well, I suck. And so I might as well, you know, since I drank again, I might as well look at porn again or, you know, might as well go eat bad again, or it's like, it's kind of took me down this path that, so the point I'm getting at and something I'm currently thinking a lot through and working on is rather than making, you know, like, I think we all hit these points of like, I'm quitting, I'm motivated, I'm going to do it. And then we change like eight things, but then we kind of fall back to the way we were before. And, and so I've been thinking through this, you know, with specifically this issue, but also just kind of life goals of like, okay, I'm going to focus on one thing for the next month and I'm going to try and give myself grace for the other things that I know need to be worked on, but I'm not going to worry about those yet. So, um, in order to really like life, isn't that drastically different, but I'm adding this one thing. And if I can get that down, that'll be one habit that I've ingrained into my life. And if like, it's, it's kind of, I found myself frustrated and let down by like oh man like there's so many things i want to work on and i don't like myself and i i just am not confident and i wish i could do this all at once and you know like i could go two three days with all of these changes i could work out for an hour yeah. a day and only eat kale and like <laughs> and not look at my computer and not be on social media and blah blah blah, blah. like all these things that you know i could do for a, a short period of time and but feel awesome but it it's not sustainable sustain. yeah so if you can step back from that, and this is, I think, the hardest part for me is like, okay, well, if I look at a year from now, if I have 12 new habits that I'm stoked on, my life is going to be radically different. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where the hope lies. And like, and thinking even too, like, if you kept that trend up for the rest of your life, like, there's so much control and empowerment in that um that's that's just really cool so i again like that hasn't stuck but that's been a i've been doing some studies and listening to people talk about that idea of you know that i think that's the problem why nothing sticks that's why new year's resolutions don't work yeah, um right <clears throat> of course moments of excitement and like i can do this the problem is that we change everything and it's not just not going to stick and so it needs to be a slower process of 
um, you know, like this month I'm going to wake up at six every day and that's the only thing I'm going to change. And like, if you can get that down, then everything else can kind of follow suit. Like you'll have more time in your day. Um, you'll kind of fall into the pattern of going to sleep earlier just because you need more energy. And and so rather than saying, I'm going to go to bed at 11, I'm also going to wake up at six. I'm going to work out right when I get up. I'm going (laughs) to like, if you can just make it so I get up at six, all those other things kind of just have to fall. Yeah, in make, make make your goal like realistic. Make it attainable. Yeah, because then you start to get in a pattern of success. Um, the beautiful thing about it, and like what I love, just from being someone who has had several different addictions, and like just from hearing you talk, Nate, and conversations we've had, and and Luke, like even though it's such a dark place, and you can find yourself there, there is the hope. You know, like it's right. not hopeless. You you do have hope and and that's that's an important piece to it. Yeah. Like what what would you say like is able to keep you going? You know, I, I wanna say the cheesy answer that God is the reason for all of it, but I, I don't feel that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um and it, I think it's kind of demeaning and frustrating when people just assume like, Well, you're a Christian or you believe in God, so why do you struggle with this? Or yeah. That should be enough. Um, and I think that just sends, I know it has sent me down a cycle of even you know, more shame. Totally. You know, it's like, yeah, I've got this, you know, I've got everlasting life and love and no judgment and grace for everything I've ever done. And so that should be enough. But for some reason, I still can't stop, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's so important to try and have mercy and grace towards the people in our lives that and surround yourself with people that are willing to have that on you. Totally. Um, and it's a call to action to, you know, do it for other people too. Like by talking right now. Yeah. Like I, so yeah, in the sense like talking about it, but also like, well, I struggle with this, so I'm going to try really hard to not get frustrated and pissed off at you when you have your issue, you know, like yeah, it puts in perspective. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Especially when it's totally different than, mine you know like i've got way more i think heart and patience for people that have a substance abuse because i identify with that mm-hmm. right but when it's more of like an issue like depression or anxiety or some kind of mental thing like that i just have just and i think it's just more because i don't experience that or at least i haven't <laughs> you know maybe i do but haven't been diagnosed um but just trying to have like patience for everyone's story and a willingness to learn and listen and try and understand where things are coming from. And, you know, just in like substance abuse, like, you know, even if all three of us had the exact same, I think he's talking about this in that podcast, Dr. Townsend, but if we all had the same drinking issue and drank the same amount of alcohol every night, there'd be three entirely different reasons why we do that. Yeah. And we can't be lumped into the same category. So, um, yeah, it just takes away more, patient and vulnerable understanding of people and trying to have that. And I think too, like acknowledging it for what it is and particularly with, with porn and like, as opposed to what we talked about earlier, like no one's going to be stoked on a heroin addiction. Um, and I think stoked is probably the wrong word, but like, uh, with porn, it's just, it's not seen as, or even a sex addiction, like it's often not seen as an issue in a lot of circles right. or it's completely misunderstood for what it is. And so I think, and part of why I'm really hyped about this podcast and like as vulnerable and scary as it is, um, and I just want to like say 
kudos to the three of us for being willing to talk about this stuff. uh, Exactly. But really, like, it's tough. And I I hope that other people can um, find the courage to admit, you know, what they're going through and ask for help and be vulnerable and talk about it. Because I think that's particularly with porn, um, I think it has to start to be seen that way more publicly and just entirely before we really see progress. And it's not always always just like – a video you're watching on the internet. It can be, you know, it can be a memory. That commercial or a commercial on, on TV or a yeah. memory or that picture on Instagram or like that one scene in that PG 13 movie where that girl is like in a bikini, but like, Oh, that's not a big deal. It's just a girl. We see this all the time, but like, no, like yeah. it is a hyper sexualized society and it, people do not realize the effect it has. Totally. Yeah. So I think that's super important. Um, and that needs to just kind of, and it's so interesting too, because like the shift is just kind of, at least from what I've seen, starting to happen. Like I'm sure there have been people, you know, I've read a book, I think that was written like 20 or 30 years ago, that you know obviously looked at this as a big issue, but on the popular scale, it's it hasn't been seen that way. And most people, especially Christians, are just like, oh well, it's lust. Just don't look at that girl. Right. That's sinful, or you know, as opposed to. One, like, understanding it as, like, I don't know, there was just, you know, sex is so bad and all this that we all hear growing up, and at least that's what I heard in church. And so it's just this, like, terrible, terrible thing that you should never be even thinking about. But no one ever said why other than it's a sin. You know, it, it mm. wasn't like, this is going to completely screw your head. Like, yeah, it was just a, you'll go to hell or it's a sin, but it wasn't, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to compare it to anything. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, uh, but it's just like... If someone, when I was nine years old, you know, almost in the same way that, like, uh, my girlfriend was telling me, like, her dad came into her class, and he was a doctor, um, when they were little, and showed them, like, a lung and a brain of a person that smoked or did drugs, Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I remember when my class did that when I was in like second grade and I was like I am never gonna do that right because I don't want never gonna smoke yeah right and you know whatever but (laughs) (laughs) I said the same thing now I smoke (laughs) but but now it's like I don't know just if someone had sat me down at an age where I was malleable and been like if you look at porn like sure it's sinful and bad but like your like whole judgment and thought process like you will hate yourself. Um, your wife will never trust you. Like those kinds of things that like can be healed and like, you know, it's not like it won't be like that for sure. But just these kind of like the conversations I've had to have with people I love and conversations I've had to have with myself because of this decision I made kind of again, like unknowingly of what I was getting into, but, um, I would absolutely go back and have never touched it. Right. Yeah. Like uh, what it, for, for the listener who's listening right now, that's, that's like, Oh man, like, you know, I, I definitely had an addiction or maybe I have an addiction or whatever, but Nate, what, what would you say? Like practical, like first step, like, like get yourself in the right direction. Like what, what is that step that you would take or what's that advice you would give to someone who is ready to start to try to make a difference in their life? Well, I think, you know, and I guess if they're asking for one thing, and it's it's a little different because they're listening to a podcast, but um, 
I just want to encourage people that they're not alone. Like no matter what the addiction is, um, porn, drugs, alcohol, whatever version are completely different than that too. Like you're not alone and everyone has their thing that they need to cope. Mm. Um, and hopefully, you know, people have figured out a more healthy way to do that, but life is tough. Everyone needs help. Um, and hopefully like we can all just not suck and not be mean and judgmental, but ask questions that, um, show encouragement and a desire to learn the why of why we're doing these things and get pointed in the right direction. And I I really do. Um, so there's that, like, first off, like, you know, talking to someone about this is a huge step. Um, if nothing else, just to have camaraderie and relationship, but especially if someone has gone through it before and knows someone else going through it, they can just make you feel less bad. Um, but then also, I think if you're true with any addiction, but particularly with porn, because it hasn't been seen this way, I would totally recommend going to a program or going to a specialist and calling it what it is and starting to calling think it an and, addiction. Yeah. yeah. And treat it as such, as opposed to any, that was just my story, you know, but like the whole meeting with my youth pastor every week or going to youth group or not youth group, but like Bible study with right. the boys and, admitting that I failed again every week never fixed anything. It just made it worse. It's like, oh, wow, all of us suck, and all of us can't do this. And then maybe there'd be the one person in the group that's like, ah, I got through it. I was like, you liar. You're lying. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. You. (laughs) Um, You know, and I've found, like, I'll go into an evening and just be like, all right, we're going to be good. No problem. Like, got my things in place self-control all about it and like an hour later i'm looking at it it's like how did we get get here here? yeah (laughs) like where what is going on like so motivated to not do it and i guess particularly in seasons of when it's been more present you know like i'm not necessarily i mean it's a daily fight for sure but like if i looked at it yesterday it's definitely going to be more on my mind of like all right tonight we're freaking not doing it Mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get through it and then something will happen and it's hard to even really identify or like, it'll be something you saw in the morning and somehow it'll come up, you know, like you'll be outside chilling with your, maybe later tonight, but like you're fighting it and you don't want to do it. And it's just like totally takes away the opportunity to, it just doesn't make sense. Um, It's it's so good. It could be so strong. It's, it's so good to know that like that other people have the same problems. Like it's so good to feel unalienated and that would be my biggest hope for someone listening right now is to know that, Hey, like, listen, man, like we're all struggling and that's all right. Yeah. Now slippery slope. What I mean by that's all right is the fact that I mean that you are actively trying, you're actually putting an effort and you're putting thought into this. You realize where you're at and, and you're working at it. And that if you, if you're working at it, that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Like we're all working at it and we all struggle, but just don't give up. Like yeah. don't give in. There is hope. We're in it with you. Um, you know, that's, 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 that's the main key. That's yeah. the most important part. And the, and the, and the most life changing part for me is to know that, Hey, I can come to Luke and I can tell him, you know, this is what I'm doing or, 
you know, like, Nate, you can come and you can talk to us about this. It's because we have the hope, you know, and we, and we know that that even though this dark thing can can grab us sometimes, it can't hold us down continuously. That's so good. Well, Nate, we really appreciated you being so vulnerable, man. Like, it's not easy, guys. Like, but this is what it takes. Mm-hmm. It just takes sitting down with some people you care about and having these conversations. Just talk about it. Yeah. Um, but, Nate, like, what would be, you know, any, any final thoughts that you have for someone listening or, you know, any, any closing closing ideas? Well, I, I, I'm really encouraged by what both of you just said. Um, and I needed to, you know, be reminded that I just struggle so much with not being perfect. And I feel like when I mess up at all, that God doesn't want me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I know that's not true, but it's one of those things that like, I've always used the analogy of, uh, I feel like I'm in one of those like clear orbs and like, I can see God moving all around me, but I can't reach outside of my orb and touch oh, yeah. it and believe it for myself. And so, dude, that's, you know, yeah, that's so real. I've uh, been there for me. Sure. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, every day I really have to fight to get outside my orb and believe that, um, what God says is also for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can talk all day about how it's for you and, um, truly believe that. But as soon as, I have to acknowledge it for myself. It's, it doesn't really work. So I, I think just to, especially in these seasons of going through struggles and not having the ability to, you know, say, well, I, I got through that and um, I made the right call. It's, it's just so important to remember that even when we're failing and making the wrong decision, that God still, still loves us just as much as he always has. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think trying so hard to be okay with imperfection um, is such a big deal. And I, I know that's part of my shame cycle is, you know, if I do anything wrong, regard, like in regard to this or not, it just takes me into this. I'm not worthy. Um, but God has known us. He created us, you know, and it's just, he, he's there. And I, I think Brendan Manning said a quote that's Ooh. always been important for me and, you know, it's one of those things too, as I'm saying it, like, I don't know if I really believe this, but I'm, I'm glad I can think on it and I hope that I eventually believe it. But, um, I think it's love yourself as you are and not as you should be because you're never going to be as you should be. Uh, so true. Uh, like there's a love yourself side. And I guess it's more specifically God loves you just as you are and not as you should be because you're never going to be as you should be. Um, so true. And it's like, I hear that and I, I just want to be better, but I'm so thankful that God loves me just as I am. Regardless, mm-hmm. regardless, you know, even yeah. if, yeah, he, he does regardless. Yeah. Well, Nate, we really do appreciate you being vulnerable with us. And, um, you know, we, we want to continue this conversation and, and we want to invite, you know, anybody that, that has, you know, questions or would like to know more, or maybe a deeper thought on something, you know, feel free to email Luke and I, um, we will have our, um, emails in the description for this podcast and and we can even you know we we, we have nate's information so we can always talk to him and, and for you so if you have a question for nate let us know we will be your voice um, yeah but anyways nate dude we really appreciate it man um thanks a lot yeah thank you guys I'm, i again just want to i don't think we can state it enough how uh I just i'm so glad that we're able to talk about this kind of thing and you know i'm, I'm a little embarrassed i'm worried that i said maybe a little too much or 
I don't know, but I, I think it's just it's so important not to censor some of this and to kind of figure out what it looks like to be honest about yeah. things that are uncomfortable. And so um, well, I just vulnerability encourage. brings change. So totally, I just want to encourage everyone to try and do the same with people you love and trust, and um, you know, try not to pass judgment before gaining understanding. I think that's just such a you know, in the same way that you'd want that for you, um, it's so important to give that to others. So um, just really stoked that we could do this. And I'm proud of you guys for fighting the good fight and working towards truth. And um, I'm grateful for that you all reminded me that I'm enough. And um, I needed that today. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, brother. brother. Well, hey, again, thanks for oh, Guys, that was amazing. You can't bring us down. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So, one more thanks to to Nate. This was this was a difficult conversation for yeah. for all of us, and and even throughout the whole thing, we were just feeling like, man, like I hope this is going well because we we were just so in our our heads and yeah, and it felt heavy. There was a lot of emotion there. Yeah. Um. But I mean, addiction. It's it's a hard, just gross thing. Um, and that's, that's with any, any addiction, anything that is demanding your attention um, away from life. That's not God. Yeah. And it's very difficult. Um, in fact, just last night I was talking to, uh, he's, uh, on staff and training ground Sarasota and his name is Danny Aviles. Um, and he's actually a substance abuse counselor. Um, and he said, we're considering, um, or we've started to consider slash treat addiction as more of a disease than um, like a poor like moral compass. Because a lot of times it's not it's not a decision. Yeah. Especially for me, like in in my struggles that I've had um, with pornography, with drugs, like I guess it it kind of starts as a decision. Yeah. But then once you're at the point where it becomes an addiction then it's 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 on a whole other level yeah you're definitely in a in a survival mode yeah um i can i can say from firsthand experience that you know if i don't have my my fix or my high it's it's literally like my world is falling apart yeah (laughs) you know and And i can and i can say for me that there's plenty of times in my life where you know i have consciously not wanted to be doing what I was doing, whether Mm -hmm. that be with my drug addiction or with pornography. And still, even though in my brain and everything is telling me, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. It still happens. And when it gets to that point, you really have to think, you know, it's, it's more than just a decision. You're not just a a bad person. Yeah. You have a problem. Yeah, definitely. And I'm very thankful for just community and people that, God has put in my life that I can trust, um, mentors and friends that I can, I can share these struggles with, um, because I'm, I'm a firm believer that once you make it known, once you speak it out, it loses some of its power. Mm. And, you know, as, as much as we can do to 
kind of weigh our our struggles, our problems, our addictions to the size of God and to the size size of our communities. I think I think that's where we start making some headway in our battles. If yeah, that makes co- sense. community for me in in both of my struggles in my life have, has been detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, first, with a drug addiction um, in my high school years, you know, um, getting involved in a community of, of of young life, you know, being involved in that and getting a young life leader and having friends that were also after similar things and you know that was detrimental and and friends that cared about me enough to say hey like that's a problem yeah without that you know i don't know what would have ever happened and with with my struggle with pornography you know really up until this year and recently um spending a summer with 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 you luke and with the other turning ground guys you know has really shifted my focus and and given me uh a brotherhood that I can go to and, and, and say things to you like in the car, like, Hey man, like I want you to like ask, Hey, have you watched pornography? Like I want you to hold me accountable. Yeah. And that things like that are detrimental mm-hmm. and that's where community comes into play. And you, it's, it's, it, I would say it'd be the first step. I would recommend anyone trying to yeah. overcome something is to find a, a group of people that care about you and are willing to hold you accountable. Yeah. And not anybody that is going to kind of see your addiction, your problem as, oh, like, it's not that bad. And what I mean by that is, like, you tell them, hey, like, I struggle with pornography. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. What you don't need is a friend that's like, oh, dude, don't even worry about it. Like, everybody struggles with that. Yeah. Because that's not going to help. No, and, and and that's not what we do. I think mm-hmm. for me what helps is the fact that I know that I can come to you and tell you. And also on the same t- side of that token – you don't want to find that person who's gonna be like, oh, like, like you watch porn, like oh, that's that's disgusting. Like, yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, no, be, it's it's a problem. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's something you need to help with. So I know that I can come to you guys, you guys being Luke, you and and, and Corey and and any of the guys in training ground and say, hey, like, this is what I'm dealing with mm-hmm. and this is what I've done, and I know that you guys are gonna have grace on me and you're gonna say, okay, yeah, you know, let, let let's keep moving forward. You're not gonna shun me. You're not gonna. Mm-mm. You're not going to judge me. So find that non-judgmental, but also willing to hold you accountable. That that community that sees the reality of the issue and says, I am going to be with you. I'm going to be your friend regardless of how this turns out. Yeah. Like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. It's not a good thing. It's not all right, but you're going to be all right because I'm going to stay in this with you and we're going to walk it together. Absolutely. And, you know, I think since we're still on this road since we're still going through these things i think we should probably have a part two to this yeah for sure yeah well shoot man um yeah definitely uh i mean a part two just kind of re-explain some things or maybe you know maybe update like um, yeah re-explain some things update where we've been the because it's an ongoing process. Yeah. And to any listener listening to this podcast today um, that you find yourself and you're like, okay, yeah, like I'm, I have an addiction. Well, step one, there you go. Mm-hmm. Admitting that that's the problem. But it's a process. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a walk and, and we're walking it. Nate's walking it. We, we'd love to walk it with you. And yeah, a part two would be awesome. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Cool. Awesome, you guys. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on part one of... The addiction talk. Yeah, don't forget to give us a follow over at TG Garage Talks. 
uh, on Instagram. Also, you can find um, uh, our website is tggaragetalks.com. It will mm-hmm. link you to the main website of Training Ground where you can find lots of information about uh, the mission, what we do, um, how to get involved on multiple levels. Um, and Even any, the podcast yeah, episodes. All of it will be on there. Um, yeah, also, you know, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, um, thanks, you guys. It was, it was, it was a heavy episode. Um, we would love to uh, hear your feedback. would love for um, you to give us a review. Yeah. Um, and if you have any more questions for Luke and I, or you want to hear about a specific topic, or there's something that, that you want to hear us talk about, um, feel free to email us. Our emails will be in the description for the podcast. It will also be on our page on the website. Um, but yeah, this has been uh, episode three uh, with TG Garage Talks on addiction, uh, part one. Uh, I'm Nick. I'm Luke. Thanks for joining us, you guys.